The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome to Sister Speak. Uh, today you're joined with me, Lamisa. And me, Mariam. Yeah, and it's us two today. Um, so alhamdulillah, we have a really good topic today. We're talking about reflections, um, kind of experiences that we've learned from, and then talking about actioning how we how we plan to action the change that we want to see in the world um so pretty interesting topic i think um but before we get into everything mariam do you want to let uh any new listeners to our show let them know what our show is about yeah so our show is a platform for muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and topics such as politics identity islamophobia we want to note that all opinions and views are our own or all opinions of views are our own on and we respect all other opposing views exactly um so yeah we will be talking about quite a few different topics probably throughout the show um if you guys do want to get involved we always love to hear what everyone else has to say on all of these topics so we'd really love you to call or text in and if you do want to call or text in the number is for calling 01582481822 and if you want to whatsapp in that's 0779481822 um yeah we'd love to hear your thoughts um and do you want to give a quick shout out to our socials if they want to follow us yeah so if you do want to join the discussion through our socials you can message us on at sister speak on instagram we also have a twitter page um we'd love to hear we also have a tiktok page as well so if you do want to join in please do message us and we'd love to hear your thoughts yeah um i think we're on facebook live as well so if we just wave hi to anyone who's on facebook um but yeah okay so that's our outline for the show today uh we're going to start off with a short segment that we have called thoughts for the week so this is um a part of the show where we just talk about our thoughts for the week so mariam since you're the only other person in the studio uh what's your (laughs) thought for this week i think my thought of the week is about how sometimes you'll go through experiences that are quite disgruntling and in the moment you feel very out of place and you feel very destabilized but with time the edge wears off and i think it's allowing yourself to go through those moments to for you to be able to process them Mm. um whilst it's difficult at that precise moment and Mm. it feels that there's no end to it I think with time and with the right support network it's very it's very easy for you to kind of recognize okay what are the lessons I learned um, which allows you to actually overcome those challenges so for me um, I've mentioned in the show I've had quite a challenging couple of months and alhamdulillah I feel like I've really come a long way since then um, and I realized that actually I can see the khair in there, I can see the benefit of why I went through those things though at that time it was very unhealthy and it was very difficult for me to go through I really appreciate a lot that he put me through this because mm. now it's lessons that I've learned for life and I feel like it makes me feel like I'm in such a good position because it's allowed me to become resilient it's allowed me to know myself a little bit more it's revealed things to me that I definitely would need in order for me to face certain challenges in the future or just to navigate certain processes that I want to go through so I think for those who are listening I think it's really important to allow yourself to go through um, the emotions that you feel when you're going through those challenges but to be hopeful in in that Allah would allow you to kind of uh, past this because with hardship there's ease so I think for me my thought of the week is just hold on um, get the support that you need but also know that once you do overcome it there will be lessons that you learn and really take heed of those lessons because it will make you feel a lot better about yourself but also it will allow you to navigate things more strategically in the next kind of challenge that you face 
Marshall, that's such a beautiful reminder. Every single week, just something that we all basically need to hear. Um, and I think what you're saying is so true to allow yourself in any difficult situation, give yourself a minute to feel everything that you're feeling um, and know that at the end of it all, things will turn out better. Because, you know, like you said, there's lessons that we learn through these things. And then these are lessons that we apply through the rest of our life. And actually, when you're faced with similar challenges, they become easier. And I guess in life, we need to realize that it's never going to be easy or straightforward, um, even though a lot of the time we we kind of wish that it was that way. Um, and I just wanted to add an extra as well, kind of point as well. I think a lot of people feel that if you suppress those emotions and you don't allow yourself to confront it, it becomes easy, but it really isn't healthy. And I think it's knowing when to kind of put the line. It's not to say that allow yourself to be consumed mm. by these emotions to the point where it paralyzes you. I think there's a balance. You have to draw a boundary. I think allow yourself to feel those emotions, but know when to stop. And know when those boundaries are, should be exercised because if you don't assert, assert those boundaries, you will be paralyzed from those emotions. So I think it's important to strike a balance. And, and I think that's the most beautiful thing about a religion. It really does inter- make you internalize that balance is actually the approach that you should take with everything mm. because it keeps you healthy. It keeps you, it, it allows you to be feel humanized in that moment, but at the same time, it's strategic and it's practice. Um, so yeah, that's, those are thoughts I wanted to add. Yeah, very, very true. Although it, it's a hard thing to achieve, but it's something we should always like strive to achieve and something we can after multiple rounds of, I guess, practice, you know. I think it's reflecting after yeah. those moments. If you don't 100%. exercise introspection and if you don't reflect, then you're going to be keep repeating yourself in terms of how you behave. Mm-hmm. And you're going to re- have, I don't know if, uh, if you've experienced this, so you go through certain things again and again until you le- learn the mm-hmm. lesson. And I think it's when you have that self-awareness or you recognize, okay, these are the patterns that are happening. How do I navigate them? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important to reflect when something happens to you, um, what lessons are learned. Yeah, very true. Thank you for that, Mariam. Very good thought for the week. Um, so my thought for the week um, kind of... It's linked to our main topic and things like that. For those of you um, who actually many people who are listening won't know. But I recently came back from a magical charity trip in Bangladesh. um, And my thought for the week derives kind of from that um, in the sense that we're very... I've I've noticed that I specifically, I feel I'm very fickle with my happiness. Uh, And it's something that I learned through this trip because um, there's so many things that I saw on this journey basically so many different people's stories that I listen to so many different people that I talk to um and the thing I remember through it all so the whole two weeks I went there um and talked to so many different people the thing I remember mainly is that a lot of these people were smiling and they were happy even though they were talking about difficult scenarios and difficult situations either obviously not during sometimes during they would would be quite upset and emotional but in terms of the time I would spend with them they'd be joking around with me and they'd be laughing and things like that and it just kind of hit me to think that these people have been through so much so much that I couldn't even imagine going through at any point in time and yet through it all they're still finding it within themselves to smile and to have a laugh and to joke around and and to find happiness in these moments and it just made me think like I'm so fickle with my happiness because every like small thing that might happen during the day that could potentially, you know, set me off for that moment and make me feel bad. And then I'm just there like, oh, that was a really annoying thing that happened. Um, 
And it's like, I don't necessarily need to feel that way. I'm not saying I should block out those feelings, but I'm just like, these people have been through so much and it almost makes, in comparison to me, my problems seem very, very small. Uh, And when I look at it at a bigger perspective from that angle, and I'm talking about me specifically, I kind of feel like, you know, that I could be so much happier if I just put things into perspective or if I just brushed things off and didn't let it affect me as much. Um, So, yeah, I think from it all, what I want to try and do in the future is to just try and, you know, stay grounded and take every situation as it is and not blow it up out of proportion because I feel like you know that's one of the tendencies that we might have yeah I think one of the things that comes to mind is that um the essence of gratitude these people are so grateful for what they have and we know within our religion if you're grateful Allah will give you more and I think what one of the things that the western concepts that we have is striving for happiness but really as a Muslim we strive for contentment and we should be grateful with whatever we have because everything that happens to us all good is from Allah and it's a blessing right and we as people are quite entitled we've feel that we need to have these things because we are entitled to it and I think mm. that makes us a very individualistic society a very mm. so a society that only thinks about ourselves um, and that's so when we have these certain hindrances or small inconveniences it disrupts us because we're, we feel entitled to consistency yes. and that's not how the world works and that's yeah. not how this test life which is a test, mm. is going to be. Mm. Um, and so when you go to these kind of experiences, which I know you'll be delving into a little bit later, you realize that your purpose in life is to please Allah and you will have a certain amount of tests, but ultimately you should have a good opinion of Allah and you should be content with whatever he's given you. Yeah. Um, and I think what it is, I feel like when you travel, you get to understand those things a lot more because it's very raw in your mind and it's very revealing of how you've been thinking about how you react to things and Mm. I think one of the things that you mentioned as well is that I think a lot of us just react and there's I think there's a quote that your circumstances 20% you it's 20 it's an 80 20 rule so 80% is your reaction and 20% is the circumstance right and that says a lot because you don't have a control you don't have control over your circumstance Circumstance, but you have control of your reaction Mm. and so you you might be um, confronted with this certain experience but you have control on how you react to it and I think having that ability to govern your emotions and how you react to things can be a very powerful tool in terms of navigating certain experiences so I think it's a really good thought of the week because sometimes it's 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 quite a good exercise to realize why am I reacting to certain things where where is this premised on mm. um, you know do I really need to react like this mm. or how much of this reaction is going to be conducive for me to live healthily. Um, so yeah, thank you for that short of the week. Yeah, it's just so many thoughts. <laughs> um, mashallah, really good thoughts for the week this week. Um, yeah, if you guys want to share your thoughts for the week with us this week, please do let us know. You can test or text all WhatsApp in. I'll read the numbers out one more time. So you can call in on 01582481822 or you can WhatsApp in on 0779481822. Um, I think, Mariam, what I'm going to do now is just delve into the main topic uh, of the show, um, which is surrounding like our reflections and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll just explain a bit about what the past two weeks have been like for me um, and what this trip was all about, essentially. So I think I was very lucky to be, um, you know, to go on this trip, which was called Journey Ma, and it's by a charity called Ma. Um, and what they do is they offer free 
healthcare um, to mothers, pregnant women in rural Bangladesh, but also in quite a few different countries I think they're expanding to now. Um, and so I was, I was lucky I was selected to go on this trip. And what we do on this trip is we go over for two weeks and uh, you learn about the healthcare system and you help out at these health camps that they run in rural villages. Um, and the health camps that they run in rural villages, they're offering kind of free antenatal checks. So these are early pregnancy tests, um, glucose checks, things like that, basically to figure out women who are high risk cases so that they can refer them on to hospitals. Um, so yeah, that was the main like essence of the trip. And I think one of one of the days they took us um, to like it's to understand about the healthcare system in Bangladesh and they took us to two different hospitals one was a private hospital and one was a government hospital now me being the person that I am I have been to Bangladesh quite a few times and I've been to obviously when family members are ill I've been to private hospitals so I've seen that I've never gone to a public hospital before um and I don't think I would have ever got that chance to go to a hospital and speak to the patients. Because even if I did go, I would never have spoken to anyone there. So I feel like this experience really opened that up for me, where I was able to really talk to the patients and hear their stories. And that's the whole essence of Journey Ma, essentially, is for you to see these people and actually understand their story and put something behind their face and behind their suffering. Um, so if it's okay with you, I'd like to share a few of the stories that I've yeah, absolutely. I want to hear the stories. I've heard. So, if there's a trigger warning, just to let you know, they might, it might be upsetting. Yeah, so just these, to let you these know. might be like sensitive topics. Um, so, the first hospital, or well, I'll set the setting first, I guess. I walked into the public hospital. Um, anyone who's from Bangladesh, who's from Silla, it was a Smani uh, hospital, which I think a lot of people do know about. Um, it was so busy from the get go. Uh, the air was humid, obviously, as Bangladesh in the summer, super, super busy the floors weren't necessarily clean it's not like squeaky hospital vibes that you get in the uk it's very kind of cloudy and murky and is that the, sorry, is this that is the public hospital the public one, okay. uh the private one i wouldn't say was a thousand times better um but the public one really was something else um so yeah and you walk in and straight away you see just so many people people sat on the floor people waiting around it was very very busy and then we move over to the labor ward or the, the obzangani ward basically and i walk in and it's you see the ward you have like uh six or seven beds and you can tell straight away like there's there's families bunched up around each bed um there was a stray cat walking around the sheets are a lot of the sheets have blood stain they're not necessarily clean um and it was just a very like overwhelming environment um and then i go over and i talk to one of these mothers the first person that i see she was basically a girl i could tell from the way she looked she was very very young she was in immense pain um and she's quite late in her pregnancy and her husband's kind of waiting outside so she's on the bed inside the ward and there's a window above her bed and her husband's waiting outside through the window and i was like talking to them she's talking about how she's been in a lot of pain for god knows how many hours no one's really come to see her um she's pretty late stage in the labor and they're not really sure what's going on um and that's just one of the stories imagine being that late on in your pregnancy you're in hospital you have no idea what's going on and you're in pain like that in itself would be unacceptable over here um 
and she's so young she was like 18 and I was like this is this is crazy like I couldn't you know that's not something that I could ever imagine going through and the implications and even the stress of just knowing that will my child survive is my child being affected the mental strain that she's also going through and she just doesn't know when a doctor's going to come and see her there's no guarantee that a doctor like obviously they have rounds every single day and things like that Mm -hmm. but the patients aren't aware of of anything basically and she sat there in a room with so many other women some of them who've had babies some of them who've had miscarriages they're all in the same room some of them who have given birth to you know stillborns everyone's in the same place um it was just a very overwhelming environment and that's just only one of the stories like there's so many more which i will come to but we are nearing the end of the first half of the show um but definitely we'll reflect upon these stories and kind of what it meant and some of the lessons that I've learned from this experience in seeing that and seeing someone else's suffering that is so easy for us on this side of the world to ignore but yeah join us in the second half of the show inshallah assalamualaikum assalamu alaikum this is Atif Nawaz listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify ya hala ya hala Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome back to Sister Speak. Um, you're joined with me, Lamisa, and we've got Mariam in the studio today as well. Uh, so just before the break, we started talking about uh, the experience that I've recently had in Bangladesh, in my, where I went with MA, who's a maternal aid, who's MA, which stands for Maternal Aid Association, which is a charity that works in rural areas and resource poor settings to try and help you know improve maternal health care so I went with them to Bangladesh and I just left off I think where um, we were in the public hospital and I, get, I told the story about one of the mothers that I saw who was so young in a lot of pain doesn't know what's going on with her pregnancy um, and she's in a room with so many other mothers like her who have gone through things like miscarriages who've gone through things like uh, stillbirths uh, and other mothers who have their babies in their arms as well um, There was another mother that I talked to and this one was really sad because she burst into tears whilst talking to me. Um, And her situation was that she, again, very late in her pregnancy and she's been told that she has to stay for three weeks in hospital. And um, because she has to stay three weeks in hospital, obviously you need to have anticoagulation medication so that's so your blood doesn't clot if you're bed bound and she was telling me i need to buy this injection but i don't have the money and the injection costs 300 taka which is like maybe not even three pound it would be like two pound 20 and i asked her you know do you have a husband do you have a family that's supporting you she says i have a husband he's working all the time because we can't afford anything he's a rickshaw driver and I was like do you work she's like people like me if we don't work we can't survive and now I have to stay three weeks in the hospital and I have no money and I can't afford my medications and this is my first child and I don't know what to do and she burst into tears and at that moment I was like I don't know what to do for you because I can't do anything I felt like her emotions and her suffering and everything she's going through is so great and here I am making her talk about it making her talk through it with me and yet I can't offer her any help 
and it was it was just really difficult to see that someone is struggling so much for two pound twenty, which is something that we don't even think about spending. We go out and we like afterwards. I was thinking about it. I was like, I literally go out and eat for at least ten to fifteen pounds, you know, every other day without thinking about it. And this woman is here in this hospital in Bangladesh. And she's at such a serious moment in her life and such a serious moment for her health as well. And she's unable to afford her medication, which should, in an idealistic world, be free for her. Because health is a human right at the end of the day. Yes, I think those kind of experiences kind of show the disparity um, of wealth just really reveals how unequal this society is. And I think it's, it's, it's a point of reflection because... I myself feel very guilty of just spending sometimes money aimlessly, especially on coffee. I think mm. a lot of us have a habit of not just being conscious of where we spend our money. Mm. And, you know, we have a duty towards people in our community um, to be able to give back, to be able to support them in these kind of Situation. tragic moments yeah. because they shouldn't be going through it in the no. first place. And whilst you might think the money that you have, the risk that you have is yours, it really isn't. It's it's for you to be able to give. If you're given a certain amount of money, you, your your wealth is not decreased by giving. Mm. And I think for you to be able to, sh- firstly, thank you for sharing that experience because I can't imagine the pain that you. Firstly, I can't imagine how how she how she yeah, is feeling. How she's going and it. and I think rightly so what you said. Even the fact that she is articulating herself in those moments, knowing that she might not be able to get the support, it's also very heartbreaking. Um, and I, I hope Janima was able to support her in some capacity, however. I think the the good thing is with Janima is they're always, look, um, with Ma in general, is that they're looking for ways to support, um, you know, maternal health services in any way possible. And I know that they are looking to make a partnership with that particular hospital to try and support them. Um, and it was really amazing to see because we, at one point, um, we went to a local birthing centre and this is where there's a a trained midwife and she runs the birthing center basically by herself Mm -hmm. um and people from all different regions come and see her for for a natural birth and so she runs this clinic basically by herself and anyone that is too complicated or is you know in need of urgent attention uh she asks them to arrange transport and then they can be transferred to a hospital so she's running this clinic by herself and we were having a question and answer session with her. We were getting to know about the work that she does. She has one other assistant. And in that clinic, up to date, she's birthed, uh, I think it was something around 1,400 babies. Especially in Bangladesh, in, in terms of the circumstances in which she's doing it. Yeah. Uh, she's a very knowledgeable lady and she's won loads and loads of awards. And in that session, we were very lucky because the founder was with us as well. The founder of Ma himself came on Journey Ma. And I think he does go on Journey Ma every single year. And in that moment, we were able to see how uh, the charity itself was able to support um, this particular clinic because I literally heard the chairman come into the clinic as I was talking to this midwife. He came in and he was like, oh, they're saying in 10 to 14 days they can get us a doctor. And so I was thinking like, and this kind of goes in line with the main topic of how um, he's able to action the change that he wants to see. Um and he's made this charity. So I'm talking about Akul Jagajar, Dr. Akul Jagajar, the founder of Ma. He saw all those years ago a mother bleeding to death in that same hospital that I was talking about earlier. Uh, and that experience was enough for him to think something needs to happen about this. And then for him to go and start 
this charity and really action change. And I'm not saying that we all need to action change in that way or we all need to found our own charities and things like that. But I'm saying it was so amazing and it, it brought tears to my eyes in that moment to see that he was able to offer that help straight away as soon as it was needed, you know? I think one of the things that you kind of mentioned about his process, because I was able to go to the Mar Gala, and one of the things that he said, which really striked me, is that he said, I want uh, Ma to, I want to us, I want the world to be in a place where Ma no longer needs to exist. Yeah. And I thought that was so profound because he really is doing it for the impact. He wants the impact to be so strong that there's no need for this impact anymore. And I think that's such a beautiful way of putting things. And I think I didn't understand the depth of that comment until I went on Jani Ma. Um, because I think for me, the meaning of that comment means it's ensuring that the problem itself is at the centre of the solution that you want to bring about, rather than you yourself being the person who's bringing about change. I feel like the way I've thought about the impact that I want to have in this world, a lot of the time has been, I need to do something or something needs to be attached to my name. But going through Journey My realises that's not at all how it needs to be. If there's change that I want to see, what's important is the change happens and I can help the change to happen in any way that is in my capacity. But it doesn't have to be attached to me and it's got nothing to do with me. The point of the matter is, is that the problems will be solved at the end of the day. Mm. And what Akil said consistently throughout the trip is building upon the shoulders of giants. There are people who are already there, already willing, like doing a lot of the work. If there's ideas that we have, things that we want to do, change that we want to see, we should pour that energy into working with them and trying to improve what's already there. Obviously, if you have ideas and you want to start your own foundation that's amazing in its own right as well but I think for me it was just very insightful to look back and be like actually the changes that I want to see can be implemented through various small things rather than me having to go out and do one massive thing and the change that I want to see the ultimate change that I want to see should be huge should Mm -hmm. be like we need to change the world type of change but the way that I action it doesn't have to be change the world straight away type of thing does that make sense? That makes sense. I think what it brings to mind is that quote that everybody can do something, but not everybody can Everybody can do something, but one person can't do everything. And I think as a collective, if we have this um, notion of um, creating change, we should think about how it should be solution focused, as you mentioned, because we want that change to be sustainable and we want yes. it to be the end objectives for it to be solved. Exactly. Exactly. Um I was going to say something, but it's escaped my mind. Uh, But if we go back to another point that I wanted to bring up, um, which was, so I was talking about that woman who who couldn't afford her healthcare. And it's like, we sit here every single day, uh, live our lives um, in blissful ignorance. And I feel like that's one other thing that also kind of was made, you know, uh, kind of stuck out to me is that this blissful ignorance is happening at every single moment. I'm sat here where someone on the other side of the world is, you know, living in a completely different time almost um, and living in a completely different way and going through immense suffering that I couldn't even imagine. And that was exemplified to me multiple times throughout the trip. Um, One example is um, we have a Bangladesh team that works with us when we're over there. 
Um, and there were two members of this logistics team who were with us basically every single day. One was um, a more elderly gentleman, and then one was a younger guy who was like same age as around my brother, so he's like 20, 21. Um, and these people were with us every single day, making sure we get to places safely, making sure we're okay, we're fed, all that type of stuff. Every single day, they're laughing, they're joking, they're having fun with us. And then on the last day, Akil tells us about their stories. And the elderly gentleman, I called him Sasa, <laughs> he was sat next to me. And as he was telling his story in Bangla, he was crying. I don't know if everyone saw, but because I was sat directly next to him, I could see. And his story is one which is quite sad. He owned quite a good taxi business in Bangladesh. He had three children. All of them were unwell, basically. He had to spend... He sold all his taxis. He tried to do whatever he could to fund the health bills and things like that. At the end of the day, unfortunately, his his kids passed away. So all three of them passed away. And he's currently there with his wife and he's just making income basically and it like he was he was crying he was tearing up as he was saying it and i was shocked because i was like i i didn't even know that this person that we've been with for the past two weeks have been through so much um and then the other guy his name was rakib he's 20 21 he like joked around with us like he was our younger brother apparently he was his dad's a rickshaw driver they're going through loads of financial difficulties at the moment and he he was quite young and he was just a child, like, basically on the streets when I could find him. And he saw, he was like, can I have a job? And and that was his story. And now he's obviously in education and things like that. But I'm like, I didn't even know that these were the stories behind these people. And these are the faces that I've been seeing every single day for two weeks. And they've been laughing with me and joking around with me. Another story that comes to mind, which is like a similar thing. We were in one of the health camps um, and... So in the health camps, you get assigned a, a station. So either you're checking the blood glucose or or you're doing like urine analysis or blood pressure or you're on consultation where you're talking to mothers and you're taking their history and things like that. So you get given a job every single camp. And so at this particular camp, it was in Balagoinge and I was uh, doing the consultations. So I was talking to the mothers, taking their histories. And after like... Um, you know I'd seen most of the mothers and there were only a few coming I kind of left I went and had lunch and then I was playing with the kids and we were laughing joking around and in my mind that camp is a very happy memory because I saw a lot of smiles I messed around with a lot of kids that day and I talked to a lot of mothers um, and I felt like we were really having an impact it was a really busy camp I think about a week or so later um, I was talking to someone else who was at the camp and not, not, I'm pretty sure none of us knew this, but at the time, um, a woman came in to the camp with her husband, who was quite unwell, with like an infection of some sort. And he actually passed away at the camp. And Akil didn't let us see, not that he didn't let us see that, but he was hoping that no one would see it. I don't think, as far as I know, anyone did see it, but someone passed away at that camp. And I was busy playing with children and things like that i didn't even notice that this happened and someone's someone's life has just been shredded to pieces the woman apparently was crying obviously because her husband's just passed away and i didn't even know and it just kind of makes me reflect and think like how many things go on every single day which 
either I don't notice or don't see, or sometimes maybe I choose not to notice or see. Um, and it shouldn't. It just shouldn't be that way. People suffering shouldn't go unnoticed. People suffering shouldn't go, you know, unchanged. Um, and it just kind of made me think, like, how much there is for us to do and how much we should be focusing on it. But actually, in reality, how little time we give to these people how how little time like of all the things that we think about how much time do we really spend thinking about them mm-hmm. when in reality we should be focusing our energies and efforts into trying to create a bit more of an equal society in in what we call the 21st century you know what do you think yeah um firstly there's just so much to unpack here and i think I can understand uh, Akil's rationale f- to protect all of, of course, you because of if your morale was down, that could implicitly affect the way you were um, treating these patients. So, from his perspective, I completely understand, and I can, and I think it, his way of dealing with it was completely f- perfect because I, agree. It's, um, I think it's just to protect and to ensure the safety of everyone in that scenario. But I think um, if you kind of zoom out a little bit. I can see where your reflection is very it's very astounding because it's true. We choose to be oblivious to things because we're so focused on our own problems. And in hindsight, those problems are problems that the people that you experienced your interactions with, are, pro- are they, for them, that's a problem they probably would love to have. And I just it just makes you... Th- it's not to belittle and to compare different types of problems, but they're fighting for life and death. They're literally fighting for life and death. And we are, we're so bogged down with just the inc- uh, the inconveniences of life that for us, that feels very drastic. And I think it's so important to go to these kind of experiences that you've been to, to kind of allow us to reconfigure, to understand what our purpose is. Mm. Like you said, you know, for us to kind of create impact is very important. It's actually very intrinsic within our religion as well. In Islam, everyone has given been given a quality, and those qualities should be used for good. Um, it doesn't need to necess- it does, It's not necessary that you have to um, do a charity, like you said. But mm. you should. You'll have a quality that can be used for good, and I think you need to find it within yourselves to explore that, and to discover that, and strengthen it, and then enact on it. Um, so I think for, for me personally, I feel a bit really flustered because I just can't imagine the experiences that you've had I feel Mm. like I'm trying to imagine myself in that situation I don't think I would be able to I think I'd be very upset and that's just my reaction to it I'm not even living an inch of what these people have gone through and in fact we're speaking about here right now who knows what they're going through right now in Bangladesh or even any any other country around the world Um, so I think it's just a really good reflection because sometimes when you go through so when you go through things and you don't think about the wider perspective of things, it can make you feel that your your word, like worldly problems are the centre of everything, but it really mm. isn't. And I think if you think about the Prophet's life as well, وسلم, you'd see that his way of dealing with things, he went through so much hardship, but he was always giving back and he was always facilitating good and it's always about helping others. Mm. And that actually, if you think about psychology now, there's so much data to, re- to, um, to reinforce this, that when the more you help, the more people that you help, the more positive kind of mentality you have and the more and it really is conducive to good well being. Mm. And I think those are the things that we should look at. And that's not to say that you have to berate yourself or you need to feel that your your challenges are not worthy of mm. being a challenge. That's not to say that. But sometimes it's good to kind of put things in perspective and think about 
how much does this how much of this is worth your energy and how much can you be doing to help your community because actually if you think about it the more you kind of reveal yourself into these kind of um scenarios the more you kind of actually understand your purpose and the more you will feel in tune with other people and i think one of the things that you really will build in in going through these uh, experiences emotional intelligence and i think that's something that we lack because implicitly if you don't have emotional intelligence you'd kind of consciously or subconsciously be oblivious to certain people's problems because you've guarded yourself and you don't want to feel those feelings because they feel very intense mm. but the more empathetic you are the more emotional intelligent you are the more conscious you'll be about other people suffering because you'll feel it you'll see it you'll observe it you'll identify it mm. um but that's not to say that you allow that to consume you and paralyze you it's what you do with it that's important 100% and that was the whole point of the trip i think for me is that it invoked the emotions and the feeling and when you do have that empathy for someone you then also realize that what they're going through isn't right and then it's what you do with that in terms of actioning it into into change um that's when you get the real result from it all and i think prior to the experience i was really i think i was in a in a point where i was worried that my heart itself had hardened in a way um because i feel like when i was younger i was a lot more empathetic to people's situations and i could very easily you know feel what they're feeling um but i feel like over the past few years I'd become kind of numb to it almost. Um and I was worried about it because I was like this isn't originally who I used to be and now I feel like I don't even feel anything. Mm. And I went on this trip and it just moved my heart in so many different ways that I couldn't even imagine. Um to the point where I can't even think about the experience without like tearing up. I'm so so too. Um I think one of the things I think one of the things that comes to mind because I've seen your journey from the very beginning from your A level results all the way to here yeah. I think I think what it is is that especially when you're a medicine student you sort of have to become numb and you have to have this certain resilience to certain situations because you're constantly on placement you're seeing you can you're seeing things that are unimaginable on the ward day in and out and on top of that you have your education to kind of navigate so I think those experience for you to be able to navigate that conducively you have to b- build that numbness and i think we've talked about it before that there's no tools in place for you to kind of overcome that there's no mm. there's no time or space for you to even take a pause and say okay i've actually saw something very disconcerting today let me take a day off and you know gather my thoughts and go through the process or even go through the emotions as have we we've been talking about you have to just go the next day and i think that's the, the kind of pace that medicine has is what sometimes people kind of think okay why am i doing this you kind of question mm-hmm. because am i giving that duty of care that i originally had that um passion for the purpose mm-hmm. for because the circumstances are not conducive so i can understand that it might be just be your circumstances it's not reflective of who you are and i think subhanallah what it makes me think about is how allah puts certain experiences in your life and i think going back to the my main thought of the week as well allah puts certain experiences in your life to make you reconfigure for me to reactualize why you're doing certain things 100% because it it i think about that and i see the faces of everyone that i've talked to um and i kind of relive the emotions that i was feeling at the time based on what they were feeling at the time 
and it reminds me as you know it reminds me of every single reason as to why I wanted to study medicine in the first place and it was for those people and I think it's just kind of made me realize in which ways I can have that change I think before I used to get quite overwhelmed I've always been a person who knows that I want to go out and I want to do something and I've always been aware of so many different issues that are going on in the world but I think at some point it overwhelms you in a way and you feel like there's so much wrong with what society is and how the world works and you know politics and you know culture and all of these different things and I'm just one very small insignificant person how am I meant to change all of this stuff I think those thoughts would very much overwhelm me but I feel like going on experiences like this and looking at it with a bit more of a fresh perspective it's made me realize these people regardless of whether you can change the day the the world in a day or not it doesn't matter what they need is change at the end of the day and every small step towards that is helping them and helping their situation and it's needed as opposed to me not doing anything and I think it's made me reflect on exactly what my skills are and how I can use them in a way to help these people exactly what the issues are that I want to change and then think about real manageable ways to to elicit that change um I think we all have like you said Mariam everyone has amazing qualities that can be used for good it's just about figuring it out and that figuring it out takes time and I think we need to be accepting of that as well for ourselves don't get overwhelmed by the fact that there's so many issues in the world but just think about there's this issue that I want to change how am I going to do it and it starts off with that thought and you can think about it look at the founder of Journey Mart if he was bogged down with how am I going to create this incredible organization it would never have started 100 i feel like when you have a good intention and and that's from my religion if you have a good intention allah will facilitate you in ways you can't imagine and he said he started off with a huge idea he said i'm going to change i'm going to re- revolutionize maternal health and that's just one sentence and one huge sentence um and he said you know it took him about a year to come up with concepts and things like that quite a few years on it's become a great charity that's doing actual work out there it is revolutionizing maternal health and it's not just exclusive to bangladesh and it's not exclusive to bangladesh that they're, they're working in india they're working in afghanistan um and they're not just working in maternal health but they're working in gynae as well in terms of ensuring that young girls have you know good enough education understand about um the female reproductive system and what goes on with their body all very important things to very sustainable way of and a very sustainable way of you know improving healthcare in the future as well um but alhamdulillah is a very insightful experience i'm so thankful that i was able to go on it and I'm so i thankful pray for, for you sharing this <laughs> i pray for every single soul that i met out there it was a beautiful journey and um i learned so much but yeah that is the end of our show assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.